0: Hello, Becky Diamond, it is so exciting to have you here on PAS Podcasts. Our podcasts are an opportunity to learn about the people who make up the Park Avenue Synagogue family, sometimes beyond the membership of Park Avenue Synagogue, as well as to think about and learn about the things that animate our members and members lives and so this is really a delight because you have roots in the community we love you and your family
1: right back at you
0: and um it is you know i'm looking becky by way of introduction at your um bio on your on your website on beckydiamond.com and and you your your very bio is hard to put in a box you have been a, um, a an embedded journalist in war zones, you have been a um, professor of journalism training the next generation, you have also now reinvented yourself in um, new ways in psychology today, writing about resilience and courage and stress and anxiety. Is there a way you can sort of tie a thread from these variety of experiences so those who are meeting you for the first time who don't know what i know can try to make sense of this storied career
1: i think that i like to think we have a lot in common actually rabbi but maybe that's my fantasy i think that i and my guess is you too i'm someone who's attracted to the human condition i find the human condition compelling in all of its forms and i think as a war reporter you see certainly the worst of humanity. You see destruction and despair and suffering, but you also see the best of humanity. You see resilience, incredible acts of kindness and of courage. And I've always wanted to be a journalist, a storyteller, and war reporting is the most intense form of journalism, in my opinion. It's the most human and it's where we as reporters are connected to so much emotion. And I think that's what I try to still do, whether I teach, whether I'm writing for psychology today, I'm trying to think about the universal themes and feelings that, that we all share, regardless of gender identity, of what God we, you know, to whom we pray. And my guess is, as you know, you're a great writer, you must do that as well.
0: Absolutely. I think those reflections on the human condition, uh, the challenges that we face, and actually the, the manner by which we leverage the pain, the mistakes, um, the, uh, into opportunities for growth, uh, or uh, perhaps not everything's an opportunity for growth, but we do need to build up the, the resilience to meet a new day uh
1: i agree and i think one thing i continue to learn but i learned early on in war reporting is trauma teaches us so much more than moments we treasure so of course the easy times are they're great it's it's lovely to coast to coast through something and enjoy but we don't learn that much when we're stretched beyond what we think our minds and bodies can handle that's where the growth occurs and i think you see that certainly you see that in war zones because war zones are really about civilians and what civilians endure and how they survive you see that in soldiers um and we we saw it even through covid with people which was not a war zone per se but but felt like one.
0: so i want to i want to turn uh to what's going on right now but i i I don't want to miss. One aspect that you've written on and you and I have privately spoken about that your own experience as a war zone reporter, and you wrote about this in your blog, um, it really takes us back to, you know, uh, I think it was you talk about yourself as a jilted bride and a, a personal setback that actually with with no money and credentials, you put yourself out there and you reinvented yourself at a moment that that really set you um, back and you reinvented yourself?
1: Listen, it's um, I think it's a great story, especially because it's in my past. (laughs) So now I can laugh about it. Um, I was in my late 20s and I lived in a world of shoulds. Uh, Women should get married by the time they're 30. I should have two kids by the time I'm 32. I should be adding zeros to my bank account. I should be working in a nine to five job. I shouldn't wear body armor. I shouldn't make my mother worry. And I found myself on a path that wasn't authentic to me. And I was engaged to a guy who had everything on paper. He was a nice guy, a good guy. Um, But there was something missing in my soul and in his. And God bless him, he called off our wedding It was a 300-person wedding. I was 30 years old, and he called it off three days
0: before. Three days, wow. Three
1: days. And so what felt like the worst day of my life turned out to be, in retrospect, really the best thing that ever happened to me. Because working your way through, I would say, shame. Shame and humiliation can actually be an entryway into building new strengths. And I had always wanted to be a foreign correspondent, a war reporter, but I didn't have the guts. I, I didn't have the confidence. And I really think it was when I returned already opened wedding gifts to Creighton and Barrel during what would have been or should have been my honeymoon that I felt like, okay, I got this. I mean, what, I can't handle a war projection? Of course I can. So I just I went for it and I think I developed, I guess, what my bubby would call chutzpah right. um, and I think there are those defining moments we have that don't feel good, that just stretch us.
0: Right. Right. I, I was struck by uh, one of the passages in that article, he wrote, the best things that ever happened to me came from the biggest risks I took. I learned the most about myself, what I'm capable of, who I can be, and and I think this is really. Uh, a lesson for all of us and all of our various life challenges
1: i think getting outside venturing outside of what feels comfortable is a space where you reap rewards and it gets tricky in life because as we get older our brains change we're less inclined to take risk we want to control outcomes and i see it myself in my parenting um in my life now versus You know, many years ago. But I think there are many ways to take risks. And I think one is physical for sure, but there's also emotional risk and making yourself vulnerable, being authentic to who you are, trying to talk to friends and family about subjects that might feel taboo or embarrassing. And I think that's more important now than ever as we're all experiencing post COVID fatigue and pressure.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that right now, because I think that's where your some of your writing and some of my lived experience as a pastor really come into dialogue, because I think we're all living frayed edges. Um, now, Now that happens all the time in the rabbi's office, meaning people are facing divorce, death, illness, sickness, right? All of those moments of vulnerability that we would not choose. If we could write the script of our lives, right. we would not have these setbacks. And yet, We are uh, extended these setbacks time and time again, and how we approach this. Now, uh, this became very acute during COVID, where uh, whatever we thought our lives would be, and it affects every age, a school age child is different than a teenager, is different than a college kid, is different than a kid in their 20s who thinks that these are the times to go dating and, on, you know, and all of a sudden everything's rewritten. So the, the, the question of how do you help people recalibrate their realities, uh, given uh, the, I, th- I think, emotional trauma yeah. of, of saying this isn't what I signed up for.
1: And I think that's the key. It's that our expectations can be or are often out of line with reality and i think that one thing you learn in a war zone is to accept that terrible things can happen and that you have no control and you learn to to release control and to live almost entirely in the moment certainly in a war zone because the future is so uncertain i mean going out on patrol in Afghanistan or Iraq, and sitting in a hum, an up armored Humvee, you know, you look at your legs and you just think, "Oh my God, I, I, I like my legs. I hope that they're attached." At the end of the day, and so you learn to accept uncertainty, and that's one thing I think we've all learned through COVID, and you learn through these tough times. And I, one of the things that can be helpful, is just feeling heard, while You know you don't want to complain about the pressures you're under the fears you have for your children for your own health i think it can be helpful to feel heard and for someone to support you and i'm sure i assume that's a lot of what what you go through on a daily basis helping people you can't solve their problems but you can make them feel feel heard and that builds resilience
0: well i I think there is a big piece of naming someone's pain of being present for it and not trying to explain it away. Because I think to tell someone, you know, I'm thinking of my own children. I I once gave a sermon on this very topic, right? To tell someone, at least, you know, in the midst of canceled summer camp, well, at least you're not on a ventilator, so be happy with what you have. Yeah. That's cold comfort for a teenager who, who you know, just sees their summer going down the drain. Um, and so to, you know, so being aware of the blessings of your existence, and certainly we all live blessed existence, um, it doesn't diminish the pain you feel in your own, you know, four cubits of existence.
1: Correct. And I think that, One thing we don't often realize in the moment is that emotional hardship gives us perspective later. And you made me just think of when I, one of the first trips I took to a war zone was I flew um, illegally into Southern Sudan. There was a 20 year war between Black African tribes in the South and Northern uh, Muslim or Arab militias. And I was camping, With rebel soldiers, and I was doing a story on Dinka tribeswomen who had been kidnapped from their villages and used as sex slaves. And at the time I went, it was right after my wedding that wasn't. And I was in the midst of throwing a big pity party for myself. And I thought that a canceled wedding was a catastrophe. But then I met women who had suffered unspeakable acts of violence, and they survived, and they were so grateful for freedom. And I realized that a canceled wedding is just a glitch. It's just a glitch. And so I think over time, kids do realize that canceled summer camp to them does feel like a catastrophe. And at the moment, it is. But having endured and gone through it, they can look back and and feel that inner strength that they built and put it in some perspective, and you can you, you over time you can tell the difference between a heart attack and a hangnail.
0: Yeah, you know the the I shared a story on the pulpit uh, last High Holidays. A elderly gentleman passed away, and this was a guy who longtime generational member of the synagogue, uh, and he. I will always associate a big ear to ear grin and smile on his face, and every time I would walk around with the Torah um, and he would see me and he would greet me and he would greet the Torah with such a, a a love of life. And And after he passed away with children and grandchildren, really beautiful human being. And as I was doing the intake with the family to learn about his life, they said, well, what you need to know about our dad, our grandfather, is that he grew up in the London Blitz. And he for I don't know my timetable here, but for the period of time of the London Blitz, every night he would go to sleep as a young child and he would the family would place number a number outside of their door um, because in the morning, if they had all been killed, bombed, then they wanted the people to know how many bodies were going to be there. And this was his childhood. This was his childhood. And here he is, you know, obviously, decades later, having created a beautiful family, beautiful career, a love of life and something about that story, because it happened during COVID, I said to myself, I I was comforted by the story about what it teaches about the human soul. Not in a way that I'm, 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 I'm soft peddling what children and all of us experienced during COVID. I, I personally don't think we've come to make sense of what we all went through during COVID. I agree. Um, I, it's a ripple that I think will take a lifetime to figure out. But I think that idea that our children and you're a parent and I'm a parent will Somehow, be able to look back on this experience, not grateful. None of us are grateful for it, but perhaps um, a little stronger and wiser.
1: For sure. I mean, research shows that 75% of people who experience a trauma, a loss, overcome a real significant challenge, go on to experience exponential positive psychological growth. So the, the researcher who found this is a, is a psychologist, and he said that you would not experience that growth without the trauma. So while we don't obviously wish any trauma upon anyone, research does show that it can be transformative down the line. But he did say what separates the 25% of people who don't go on to, to experience that kind of growth is that they keep it inside. They don't talk about it so the people that are able to discuss with family and friends or with their rabbi their fears their any feelings of shame of vulnerability they go on to to grow to build that inner strength and resilience and i do think we're seeing that and we'll see that out of covid but it's still a trauma certainly for our children and for us too
0: And, and you've written about this about the importance of sharing and communicating and not keeping things bottled up inside. Uh, not too long ago, I was in my office and I was with uh, a congregant who was sharing with me, but I, I had no idea what the meeting was about, but it came out um, that this person's um, marriage was was falling apart. And I could tell in the conversation that the act of sharing what was going on in this person's life was both uh Deeply momentous and difficult because they were verbalizing it to their rabbi, but yeah. ultimately, and and it made something uh, an inner pain they were experiencing for months, if not years, a reality. And yes, when you say because it out I loud, I said it out loud all the more so to my rabbi. Um, and it's and, transformative, and, but I also felt that by the end of that conversation that that person had sort of crossed a, a, a moment of self-definition because now it wasn't just something they were holding inside, but they had communicated out loud to someone. Um,
1: I think we see that. It's, it's transformative to communicate because we're human. That's the human condition. We want to be connected. And in all of my years of, of war reporting, I can't think of a single time that someone didn't want to talk to me about an experience, a painful experience that they went through because we're visiting people in this sacred space as journalists and they're most vulnerable. Perhaps they've they've suffered some loss. And I always start by saying, are you comfortable? Is this something we can just, you know, would you like to discuss with me and people, always want to talk about it and i think they feel better after right i don't know if it gives them agency or there's just a deep connection of feeling heard but but you see that
0: right. what about with children becky and you've written a lot about raising resilient children and uh the lessons learned uh, the obviously communication is important um when you're when you're little you know the the smallest thing can uh can set one off and the world is following falling and crumbling all you know it doesn't take a pandemic to uh you know have life go off the rails because you don't have the perspective that comes with maturity but do you have do you have counsel of just how to think um for parents of young children uh about about the, the mental health stresses that, that everyone's noting right no. i
1: do i mean first of all i used to think nothing was more stressful than war reporting and then i started to raise a child on the upper east side of manhattan and i was like oh that is stressful so i think that we fall into as moms as parents understandably this sort of trap of chasing the illusion of control and and i and i've done it too so the one of the ways that I've, I'm finding my way out of it is I encourage Marty, my son, you know, Marty, to take risks. And I give him the chance to build agency. And I think that's something that can be really helpful to young kids is agency for themselves. What are their passions? How can they find them? how can they develop their own inner strength? And when they push out of their own comfort zones, reasonably, I think we have success. And Marty and I used to do a courage challenge a week. We'd find something that made us nervous and and we'd do it. We'd either do it together or he would do it or I would do it. And I'll tell you, I felt better because it had been a while since I took risk.
0: I love that idea that every day we should do something that makes us feel a little uncomfortable. We should we should put ourselves out there because that's where, where growth really comes in. Um,
1: and I think feeling fear can be a sweet spot. I mean, you have to respect fear and there are certain times, to your point, you have to know when to say no, when to push forward. But I think being unafraid to feel afraid is actually, a sweet spot and it's where we can grow and you don't grow unless you're uncomfortable.
0: Thank you, Becky. I have a million more questions, but I want to ask one question sort of more in the current events world, because we're all um, obviously watching what's going on in Ukraine, the, the war against Russia. And I'm just wondering, you have been in so many uh, war zones as an embedded uh, journalist uh what how do you look at this from the vantage point of your own professional experience um when you see a report in the news um how, how how are you what what insights do you have for us what questions do you ask how can we um be uh um understand the news a little more critically the choices that are being made um what are you thinking as you're watching the events in ukraine unfold
1: i mean i It always comes back to war being about civilians and the suffering of so many innocent people whose voices we as war reporters try to make heard. And that's why we go. I mean, we go in general to highlight the human condition and try and connect, to create a connection between someone in their living room on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, who might be called to act, to donate. I mean, you went to, to Poland mm-hmm. and you, 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 you know, you're a leader in our community and you were called to action. And I think as we bring events into the living rooms of people, we will hopefully motivate them to, to act. Um, I'm awed by the war reporters in Ukraine and, and the risks they take. It's, um, it's not for the faint of heart. You know, they're putting their lives and limbs on the line to do this kind of reporting. And um, I can't say I'd be brave enough right now to do it, um, but I'm not Clarissa Ward and uh, Richard Engel. And I'm so thankful they're there doing it so we can learn. Okay.
0: So, Becky Diamond, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us today. Um, it is please give my love to your family. We can't wait to see you back in person. Um, soon enough, um, and if anyone wants to learn more about Becky's important work and writing, you have a webpage, Becky dot and journalist teacher of journalism and, um, and, and a, a writer on the human condition. Thank you, Becky. All the best.
1: Thanks, Rabbi. Right. Great to see you.
0: Great to see you. thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Synagogue podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about our community, check out PASYN.org See you in shul.